0: This is The Faithful Expositor, a podcast from the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Jonathan Sims of Shelbyville Mills Baptist Church.
1: Well, welcome to another edition of The Faithful Expositor. I'm your host, Brother Joe Carpenter. And today I'm not sitting in the studio back at Shelbyville Mills Baptist Church, but I'm down in Miss Monetta's cottage down in Collinwood, Tennessee, with Brother John O. Sims, Josh Branson and Ryan Tillman, and we are here on a staff planning retreat, and Brother Jono, how are you doing this this fine Sunday evening? Well, it's actually almost 9 p.m. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. The drive down from church, and we just decided uh, when we got here that we were gonna go ahead and do the podcast so that we could not uh, have that you know, extra work through the week this week on our staff planning retreat. So, mm-hmm. beautiful drive down. We're on the Natchez Trace, I'm going to be riding our bicycles north toward Nashville, about a hundred miles. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, I love the Natchez Trace. I grew up around this area, and it's beautiful. It's a great place to ride a bicycle.
1: Well, on the way down here, we saw deer, saw groundhogs, saw turkeys. Yep, it's just absolutely beautiful. Yes, and the hill country and all of that's just wonderful. Yep. Looking forward to riding on it tomorrow. We
0: saw a Spice Pound Cake go sizably down. <laughs> yeah, pretty quick. <laughs> we, all t- we all took our wrath out on it.
1: Yeah. Thanks to Miss Patty Clinton for thank- that wonderful pound cake. <laughs> thank-, thank you a bunch, Miss Patty. We appreciate that. Well, I think that what we're going to do today is kind of piggyback a little bit more with what we were talking about last week. And last time we got together, we just kind of started to talk a little bit about a hodgepodge of things, but... Uh, I thought it would be good for us. We talked very at length about how to make hospital visits and so on, and thought it'd be really good today. We've kind of just going down that same road that we talk a little bit about funerals, maybe weddings if we get time to get to that, and just some of those other things that pastors are typically expected to do, um, but we don't get a whole lot of training on these things, and so I thought it would be good for us to maybe even start off by talking about funerals and I know that you've probably got quite a bit of experience in 33-plus years now in pastoral ministries. I'm sure you've preached many funerals, funerals for the lost and funerals for the saved, and kind of just give me a brief overview of that. Did you have anybody kind of bring you under your wing and say, Brother oh, now this is what's going to be expected of you? I didn't. I did not, and that's one of the reasons I've committed my life to help
0: young pastors. That's one of the reasons we're doing this podcast. I just... Kind of had to learn on the go. Um, but thank God I did have faithful men over me that taught me that it's always appropriate to preach the word, that we're called to be preachers. And whatever context we find ourselves in, it's always appropriate to preach the word, to preach the gospel, to bring the word of God to bear upon
1: whatever situation we find ourselves in. That's right. I had a dear brother tell me several, several years ago that whenever you're officiating or preaching a a funeral, he says, don't forget that funerals are for those that are left behind. Yeah, And so he said to be very gospel-centered with what you're going to be speaking about. Something you said right in the introduction
0: just made my mind take off on this. What a difference between preaching the funeral for a lost person Mm -hmm. and preaching the funeral for a saved person. Yeah. I've done both. Mm Mm-hmm and the hope that a family has when their loved one knew Jesus Christ is just there's tears but as Paul says they sorrow not as those who have no hope that's right mm-hmm. and while there's sadness and there's sorrow there's also joy mm-hmm. and there's also peace and there's also trust and 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 the knowledge that That loved one is safe and home with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. But I have never seen the despair and the just hopelessness Mm -hmm. in the faces and the countenances of families where the person that died doesn't know Jesus Christ. Yeah and we talked about Bailey and her dad going home to be with the Lord last week and she texted me and said it all comes down to Jesus amen and it does Mm -hmm. Um, when this life is over all that's going to matter is do you
1: know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior yeah and you know you you, we've talked a little bit at length about this just in private and uh, even in staff meetings about some of the warfare that's kind of almost indicative of preaching through the book of Revelation as you've seen and noticed but you and I have talked about it in past too, sometimes there's warfare involved when you're preaching a funeral, especially for a lost person.
0: I've never faced more spiritual warfare in my entire ministry than at funerals. And it's like at a funeral, all of the relatives that have a chip on their shoulder, maybe that are not churched, uh, maybe that are bitter, maybe that are... Um, in that hopeless crowd, they come out. And sometimes they can be very, very uh, difficult to deal with, uh, Mm -hmm. confrontational. And um, I've had three occasions, and thank God this is not normative, but I've had three occasions, and thank God God had people around me to protect me (laughs) that I almost got, I hate to say it any other way than almost got beat up. Because family members were just incensed beyond anything I had ever seen before because they hate the gospel, they hate the truth, they hate the knowledge of heaven and hell, and you know, they just are enraged that you would speak anything along those lines at a in their words at a time like this. Right. But we know that, quote, at a time like this is the exact time. Mm-hmm. And I know we'll talk about this. There's obviously room for compassion. There's room for grace and the proper amount of comfort for the family. But we're gospel preachers. Right. We've been called to preach the gospel. And um, I don't know if we'll get to maybe sharing one or two of those stories. But I've had a couple of intense exchanges Mm -hmm. uh, that could have gone really, really bad.
1: Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and break into that a little bit before we get into some of the the fine tuning and nuts and bolts of uh, how to do a funeral and orders of worship and all of that good stuff too. But let's, let's hear about some of those occasions.
0: Well, I was sitting here thinking, when you asked me that, which one would I share? I've had, I've had a lot of unpleasant, you know, circumstances and situations where hateful words have been said or Mm -hmm. condemning words or whatnot. But there have been three times where I was verbally threatened And I remember one time was when I was in Talladega, and we had a young couple that had been saved. Uh, They'd been baptized. The Lord had done a notable work in their family, and several members of the family had been saved. And the sister, uh, one of her relatives, died, Mm. and they asked me to preach the funeral. And as best I know, it was the, the, the funeral of a person that at least gave some evidence that they knew the Lord and her brother was a leader in the community there in that area where I pastored and we were at the visitation which they were doing right before the funeral which a lot of funerals have gone to that now they have the visitation right before the funeral Mm -hmm. and we were standing in a big crowd and this guy uh, came up to me the brother and he said there ain't going to be no preaching here today. And I mean, he stuck his finger out and poked it in my chest. Mm. And man, I just was taken aback. And the only thing that I knew to say was, God has clearly spoken to my heart. He's laid a message on my heart and I'm going to preach. And he said, well, the minute you do, I'm going to mop the floor with you. And he said it just like that. And as providence would have it, Uh, there was a member of our church that was a state trooper standing beside me, and he heard him say that. He overheard it. And when we got to the uh, funeral, that state trooper came and stood right beside me off my right shoulder. And, I mean, he just had fire in his eyes, and he stared that guy down the whole time, and that guy never moved. (laughs) He never moved a muscle. I don't know what would have happened if if God hadn't had that brother there. But I've had several instances like that where— I didn't really even know this guy that well. He was a family member, but very threatening. And mm-hmm. it is intimidating. It's, yeah. it, you know, it's you're already uncomfortable.
1: Mm-hmm. Makes you wonder, too, why? What, what on earth was going on inside of his mind? Brother,
0: I, I believe it's demonic. I, I, I believe that yeah. to a certain degree, uh, Satan is at work and um, trying to... I don't think he wants the gospel preached. He doesn't want lost people. Mm. to hear the gospel and and frankly i've seen a lot of people through the years converted yeah. through a funeral message that the spirit of god awakened them and quickened them and drew them to christ and so i've had several of those that that um i've had just in your face threats about preaching the gospel i'll, I'll tell you one other mm-hmm. um you remember eula may smith and james they yeah. were long-term members of our church Loved and them dearly eula may still is james is with the lord and um, this would have been the first two weeks of me being the pastor at Shelbyville Mills. And I probably wouldn't do this now, <laughs> but I was younger and, and still growing, and I'm still growing now, but I've learned some things since then. And Eula May called me up on the phone, and she worked at the local funeral home, mm-hmm. and she said there's a family down here, and their father has died, and they don't have anybody And she said i'm i'm sorry to have to ask you this brother but would you come down and preach their funeral and one of our church members had witnessed to him the week before he died and he made a profession of faith and i was just thrilled Mm -hmm. that you know this guy it appears was saved Mm -hmm. and when i was preaching the funeral i just made a comment about this man and i said you know it's not that he was a good man it's not that he did a bunch of good deeds I said, what really matters, and the only thing that matters now in this man's life, is that a week ago, he bowed his knee and confessed with his mouth that Jesus Christ was Lord. His son was on the front pew, stood up. There was funeral flowers stretched across the whole front of the funeral home there. He walked all around. I'm literally three minutes into my message. He walked all the way around those flowers, and I thought, he's going to come take me out. This is the weirdest thing. He was walking toward me, Brother Joe, and literally he got about two feet off of my right ear, and it's like he ran into a brick wall. He stopped dead in his tracks. Mm. For 30 minutes, that man stood there staring at my right ear while I preached that entire funeral message, stood right there looking at me. When I got through preaching, he steps up to the microphone and says, the family would just like to thank all of y'all for coming out today. It was the weirdest thing.
1: He was just waiting his turn, and at the right. graveside, his sister came up
0: to me and said, "I just want you to know," and I can't say it. The word she used, she said, "I just want you to know that my brother was coming up there to kick your bleep, mm. Mm. you know." And and she said, "I wish he would have done it," and you know, I, oh wow. And uh, I don't know what stopped him except God Almighty, the Lord, yeah. And but he was absolutely furious, and what i said was just i was really praising god that he got saved yeah <clears throat> but um funerals can be a time of warfare and i would just say to any brother you need to be prayed up and filled up and mm-hmm. you know um the full armor of god on because you're going to run into some kooks that's at right. funerals
1: somebody's told me before that during a funeral everybody's thinking about death yeah and they're thinking about themselves dying typically and and if they're lost, and if they're hardened to the Lord, then it's another reminder to them that the judgment's not gonna be good for them. <laughs> well,
0: let's put it in perspective. Here are now a room full of people that wouldn't step foot in your church,
1: mm-hmm. ever. Yeah.
0: And all of a sudden they're assembled out in front of you mm. to hear a message they don't want to hear. Right. And they're already upset and mad because their loved one is gone. Sure and now you're talking to them about God and eternity and judgment and the gospel and repentance and faith. Yeah. And there's some people, brother, it just infuriates. It yeah. just makes them
1: furious. Mm. Wow. Like Stephen in Acts chapter seven. That's oh. right, yeah, they killed him for yep. it. Yep, stoned him. Good night. While I'm sure that there's probably several other things that, you know, that we could talk about uh, with some of those, but let's kind of break it down just a little bit then too, and just talk about the preaching, since that's really where, where we're focused on here. You, you, I've, I've heard you preach many funerals over the years now, and whenever it's somebody that we know, we love, uh, there's good, credible evidence that they're saved, you'll, you'll mention these things, but really don't dwell on them. Right. Uh, you primarily focus on a text, Yes. Whatever that text is. Now, so walk me through some of that process there.
0: Whenever the news comes to me that let's just stick with what you've said. Mm -hmm. A faithful member of our church has died. Yeah. Almost without exception. And this is just my experience. You know, this I'm just being honest. You ask me almost without exception, a text will come to my heart. Yeah. I've been their pastor for a long time. And a text will come to my heart. You know, I preached Miss McGee's funeral not long ago, probably the oldest member of our church, Mm -hmm. and my text was the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, because her life manifested those fruits. It just came to me as clear as day, and I just knew that was the direction the Lord was leading me in, and obviously... Um, there was a lot of great and good and glowing things that we could say about her, and I spent a little bit of time yeah. talking about her life. And but the lines share the lines portion is devoted to the text mm-hmm. and devoted to reminding people of what saith the scriptures. <clears throat> and I know we'll talk about this in a minute about some no-fly zones for funerals and things you shouldn't do or you should strongly discourage the family from doing that's important for us to talk about that but um i always spend some time talking about the brother the sister and things that are evident uh, about how they loved christ and served the church and served people yeah and then we get down to preaching the text and i've had consistently through the years we talked about enemies a moment ago but through the years, I've consistently had born again church members say that text comforted my heart. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And so the sheep love it. Yeah. The goats hate it. And those are just the way the lines fall.
1: Mm-hmm. And when you're um, when you're then talking with that family about that, do you ever get into the so, so you know whoever's left behind? Do you kind of let them know where you're going and what you're planning on preaching?
0: Most of the time, I probably do not before the funeral, just because that's a intensely holy thing Mm -hmm. between the preacher and God. And you don't like to let men interfere in such a holy place. I'm not going to say that I wouldn't ever, but I want to make sure that there's no interference, you know, and that I'm hearing from the Lord. Now, there have been a few times through the years where there's been a person that walked with God, and, and their family's a godly family, and uh, a brother might say, hey, mom's favorite verse was, you know, here, and I'll use that. Yeah. Another thing I do, Brother Joe, and I, I learned this from Brother Roger Martis years ago when he was my pastor, whenever we have a church member die, I ask them to let me borrow their Bible. And I look through their Bible for clues, scriptures they've underlined, um, texts that they've highlighted, notes they've made. Um, I like to read through their Bible and look at you know things that stand out from their study through the Word of God. That's been helpful to me through the years. And sometimes I'll mention that you were at my mom's funeral. That's right. And you know that Romans 8:28 through 33 was mom's one of mom's favorite texts if not her favorite text. So that's what I preached at her funeral. Yeah. And so sometimes that's kind of what the Lord uses to guide me in a
1: funeral. What about if it's a uh, somebody that you don't know or somebody that's lost or and I know you don't you really don't preach a whole lot of those these days. It's no. typically for church members. Which may be another podcast in and of itself, I mean, well, let I'm, me
0: just say for a footnote, I'm yeah. to the place in my ministry now I'm just not going to do it. I, yeah. I don't mean to sound cruel or hard, mm-hmm. but I'm a shepherd of a flock, and that keeps me busy and and I'm just not going to subject myself to you know what I've been subjected to through the years i i'm I'm probably going to reserve that just for the members of our church yeah. um. And uh, that's just kind of where I'm at now. Another we, brother doesn't have to follow that exactly, but yeah. that's just where I'm at now. There's
1: some guys that are, if they're still in seminary or fresh out, people will even tell them you may want to kind of get to know the people down at the local, um, you know, uh, funeral, funeral home and yeah. maybe offer your services so you'll get more preaching experience. You recommend that or you? If you're asking for trouble, go ahead. <laughs> you know, I. And I, I wouldn't argue with a guy that says, well, it's
0: a great gospel opportunity. And, and you know, I, I get that. Yeah. And uh, I don't really think that there's anything wrong with him doing that. But I think what he'll find is full-time ministry is gonna probably crowd a lot of that out. He's not gonna have a time for a lot of that.
1: yeah I've also, now I've, in times past, uh, prior to coming to Shelbyville Mills Baptist Church, there've been times when I've had to co-preach a funeral. Have you Mm. ever had to do that before?
0: I have, Mm -hmm. I have, and it can be good and it can be not so good, Mm -hmm. but I would recommend that in every scenario that you and the other preacher sit down and clearly agree upon who does what. Now, sometimes the family will ask, okay, we want you to do this and you to do this, but I would say it needs to be clearly agreed upon between you and the other brother who's going to do what part, and y'all need to have an order of service laid out in advance, obviously, of the funeral. And then I think there needs to be some dialogue between the two brothers that there's not two full-length sermons preached yeah. and that we're conscious of the time and of the family and you know of what is happening here. They're grieving, and we're comforting them, and we don't want the funeral to turn into a curse. We want it to be a blessing. That's right. Sometimes
1: know. at a funeral, you'll have people, too, that'll come forward. A brother a son a daughter a mother whomever I'd like to share something at this funeral would that be okay or and sometimes the list can start to add up pretty quick what what kind of recommendations do you have for that
0: well I've been at Shelbyville Mills long enough now to where the people trust me and love me and I almost forbid it yeah I'm just being honest because Mm -hmm. through the years it's been a horrible thing yeah people they don't think clearly right when they've lost a loved one, and they just think, "Oh, it'd be wonderful to hear from Bob. Oh, cousin so and so's he." And and you know, it turns into uh, let's say let's say you have four guys, three guys, and each of them take they're never going to just take five minutes. <laughs> they they t- they each take seven, eight, nine minutes. Well, you know, you're you're upwards thirty or forty minutes right now. That's right. And the pastor that has known these people and shepherded them for years. Now doesn't really have much time to remind. Look, we're we're trying to be a biblically healthy church. This is a great opportunity for me to comfort this family, but also encourage the church on to faithful service. And this is what it's all about. And this is what we live for for this day. And to encourage the church on to be a healthy biblical church. And I, I also would say this. I try. To discourage people from reading poems, yeah, um, and from letting family members get up and quote give memories, uh, I've just watched that kind of thing through the years go south mm-hmm. and sometimes get just honestly downright disrespectful and irreverent right. of yes. the Lord and of His Word. Mm-hmm. And I think you saw an example of that recently. Yes, and so. You know, I kind of have enough clout now to where I can steer that around. You remember a situation where we had a youth in our church that passed away that we all loved, and and there was some people from the college that wanted to speak, and I very humbly explained to the family why I thought that wasn't a good idea, and they yielded graciously. Yeah. Uh, And you know as well as I do, that would have been a train wreck. Yeah we 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 didn't know these people we can't vouch for their doctrine that's right and here i'm going to lend my pulpit Mm. to someone to get Mm. up brother it's just not a good practice i and i think the longer a pastor is in a church the more those people want to hear from their pastor and and um i'm not saying that there's never a time sure but it would need to be very limited And I'll say this, I'm the pastor of the church. This is 100% under my authority and watch care as the the pastor of the church. If I do agree, and if I don't agree, it shouldn't happen. But if I do agree to do that, then I'm going to want to see exactly what this brother's going to say. Mm -hmm. I want you to write it out. I want you to submit it to me. I want to read over it, and I want to sign off on it. And if they have a problem with that,
1: it's going to be a no-fly zone. Yeah. Do you ever have any experiences like that in the same regards towards music? People Absolutely. Want to play a song. Maybe they'll. Oh to, my know, goodness Bubba gracious! Bubba really loved this drinking song, so brother. We <laughs> no, that's not a stretch. I know. No, that's not a
0: stretch at all. Um, everything, literally, from Led Zeppelin to Leonard Skinner. I'm not joking. Right. That they won't played in the sanctuary in the church while the caskets being brought down or rolled out or whatever, and this is one of those times where frankly you just have to put your foot down and say no right and i've had good people get a little bit miffed at me mm-hmm. uh, most of them come back later and thank me yeah but you know i'm responsible mm-hmm. and this is the church of the lord jesus christ and um i have under christ a right to forbid those types of things that are irreverent and disrespectful of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ from happening in our church. Yeah. Now, I may not have that much of a, a control if they have the funeral out at the pond or out by the barn
1: or, you know. Um, what about
0: like at a funeral home or something at, like that too? At a funeral home, I still try to operate by the same standards that I do at church. Yeah. But um, there have been people that have done an end around us yeah. to get some of the things they wanted to get done and not have it at the church. If that's what they choose to do, that's on them, not me. Yeah. You know. But, um, and I'm not unloving about this, but a lot of goofy stuff, frankly, can happen if the pastor's not being, you know, uh, practicing watch care mm-hmm. um, and really some bad doctrine... Mm-hmm. And some bad teaching can can be uh, coming forth from that pulpit mm-hmm. it, at a time like that if a pastor's not very, very careful and at a very critical time at too. a very critical time. And by the way, a lot of times this is when the community comes in and you know there' <laughs> this is an opportunity for us to minister to them as well and it is a reflection and an image on who we are as a church, and I take that very, very seriously. Absolutely. I'll, let me say this. I'm not going to barter with somebody just because they're grieving. I hope that doesn't sound cold, but I'm just not going to barter with somebody because they're grieving. It's my job to be theological, to be doctrinal, to be biblical, and think clearly because they're probably not. Yeah. And time and consistency does help you with that Mm -hmm. but I would say that a brother needs to be very very careful when it comes to these types of things amen
1: let all things be done with decency and order that's exactly right I would say this too and you you talked a little bit about time management a minute ago and I want to just touch on that for a moment typically when you're preaching at church Mm -hmm. now by the way I want to say this the content of your messages at a funeral or wherever it is it's you're always true to the text you're always very faithful to the text and it's always clear exegesis yes as well as clear application right. and explanation all right. of that i mean it's if i were to hear you preach a sermon in the in a funeral and then the next day hear you preach at the church there's not it the funeral message could be preached at church easily, easily. very easily. and sometimes has been and the gospel is always very c- clearly preached right. as well regardless right um, the one thing that I would say that I've noticed is maybe time's a little bit shorter. Sure. Um, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm not going to, I'm just throwing out a random number here. I would guess that you probably preach anywhere between 45 to 55 minutes usually, but I would say probably at a funeral, you keep it to maybe 25 minutes. It, and I don't yeah. know. Is that intentional? or It's
0: very intentional. Yeah. And I, we might come to this another day, another mm-hmm. podcast. But a wedding's even shorter. Yes. Now I know there is some brothers that take issue with that, and that's okay. I am not offended at all. Sure. I hope they're not by me. But um, obviously, the funeral, the wedding is for the glory of God. Yeah. Christ is the focus, and I think sometimes guys lose sight of that. They, yeah. They they think I've got to you know go an hour here at a wedding, and um, or at a funeral. And I've always just tried to be conscious of the setting I'm in and for me um, I can say everything that needs to be said at a funeral in 25 minutes amen amen and give a good message and a a text that comforts the family and also a good gospel witness amen Um, and I just don't see the necessity for going much longer than
1: that personally yeah I agree and it's all I mean I I always I kind of think a lot about the family itself And just, it's already a hard day. Exactly. A long day.
0: And if they've had visitation the night before, they've been standing on their feet, usually from, let's
1: say, what, um, 5 p.m. till 9 p.m.? At least three to four hours. Oh, it's just grueling. With rarely any breaks at all, unless somebody's mindful enough to give them a chair or something. Yeah,
0: I, I hate to say it, but I'm kind of glad to see the trend of having visitation, you know, the day of the funeral. Just because of compassion for the family. Amen. Obviously, we don't mandate anything like that. It's the family's choice, but, man, those things are grueling. Yeah. And I've been through it with my family,
1: and it was a joy for us to have the visitation and the funeral the same day. Amen. That opens up kind of a new window here, and that's sort of like what we talked about with the visitations and the hospital visits, but basically... uh, exercise in pastoral care towards that family mm-hmm. during that time right um, what are some things that guide you in that when you're talking to a, a you know someone in the church they've lost a loved one and now they've asked you to preach the message uh, kind of walk us through some of that process
0: well if I've done my job I've already pastored them yeah if I've done my job correctly I've already shepherded them um, I don't prove to them that I'm their pastor at a funeral Right. Because I've proven it to them for decades. And most people will say something to me like this. This is just almost every time. Pastor, you've prepared us for this. Thank you for teaching us the sovereignty of God. We know that God's in control. You've taught us to look to Christ. Our hope is in the Lord. Almost always they'll say something to me like that. And so honestly, the funeral is not some unnatural weird thing that is just radically undifferent different from what we do every other day of the year. Right. It's just has a little bit of a different focus. Mm-hmm. But um so I've already been shepherding them. I've already been with them and love them and we know each other and we're very very close. But for me it's always appropriate to go in and read a text of scripture. Mm-hmm. I always do that, and for me, it's always appropriate to pray with them. Paul said, "All things are sanctified by the word of God and prayer." Yeah. And so, I will go in. Um, I'm not gonna lecture them. I'm not gonna, you know, give uh, a, a catechism. <laughs> yeah. You know, right there on the spot, I, I'm <laughs> gonna go in and be who I always am. Remind them of the word speak to them of heaven and eternal life and the glory of christ pray with them and then be prepared and filled with the spirit to preach that funeral and to remind them of our great hope in jesus
1: christ amen amen how much now and obviously this is kind of subject to change each and every time but i've noticed at times too just being with you and uh that um you know, usually at those times too, for example, it may be a widow and she doesn't know what to do next. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, she, she doesn't know how to pay the bills next and she doesn't know you know what direction she's going, but I've seen you kind of come in and, and very directly help. I, I, I guess my question would be something to this effect. How do you know uh, if, if the appropriate time I guess to talk about certain things like that like um i I'm, maybe I'm not being clear with my question I think here, I but, get it, okay,
0: I think I get it, and I just don't think that perhaps a younger pastor can do that it's hard, yeah, <laughs> I think some of this brother is experience, I think some of it is just experience and age and time mm-hmm. that I can now speak to them from what i went through with my mom yeah what i went through with my dad Mm -hmm. three and a half decades 33 years of preaching funerals and being with families when they lose loved ones Mm -hmm. and some tragically some expected all over the map between the two and i think some of it is just experience and some of it is just time but i can also tell you this Brother Joe, there is just such great liberty in just being true and honest and pure and holy and not having anything to hide and walking with Jesus that there's just a boldness that comes with that. Yeah. And of knowing that I can say this to this person, I, you know, they know me. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to prove here. Yeah. I'm not some guy that's trying to gain chips they know i love them they know i'm going to speak truth to them and they know i'm doing it because i can i'm, I'm concerned and i would say that wisdom also through the years has taught me what kind of can be my business and maybe what's sure. not any of my business and that's hard to coach it's hard to teach yeah <laughs> um but you know there's just some common sense too that guides us in knowing Um, I can speak to this, but probably shouldn't address that Mm -hmm. at this time. But for me, there's just a great openness. There's a great transparency that leads to a great boldness and a great ability to just speak to people in those times and say, watch this, watch this, watch this. I wish I had them in front of me. We're traveling and I don't. Uh, Maybe we can reference this later, but I've got a series of books that was written by Jay Adams, a great Bible counselor, and the titles are When a Christian Spouse Dies, When a Child Dies in a Christian Home, When a Christian Father Dies, When a Christian Mother Dies. And those books have been great through the years to hand off to people. And I remember a woman, one time I handed one of them, And the title of the book was When a Christian Husband Dies. And she read it and came back to me weeks later and said, that saved me. She said one of the chapters in there talked about not making any major decisions on the other side of grieving. And she said, you know, I had a deal come up on my house, and I had read that book, and I just decided I'm not doing anything right now. And she said, you know, I would have made a terrible decision. And that's just one example of how, you know, Just being a pastor, Mm -hmm. living with these people, loving them, um, enables you to give them those warnings and those prods to help them not step somewhere
1: that you know would hurt them at this time in their lives. That's good. One of the things I've also learned just from watching you and listening to is you better have your theology set when it comes to the death of a child. Oh, man. This is not the time to figure it out. Right but we've seen this. We've seen parents who've lost children very, very young. Yes. I mean, fresh out of the womb. Heart-wrenching. Young, and it's hard. Yep. But one of the things I've always heard, uh, just like exactly what you said, and I'm thinking of one particular case in, in, where we walked in and spoke to them, and the very first thing he said was that, thank you so much for laying down Uh, The theology on this, Brother John, I believe that this child is in heaven, and I believe that God is sovereign in this, and you've taught me that for years, you know? Yes, and,
0: you know, um, I remember, you know, you talked earlier, Brother, about a funeral message being a message in church. I don't know if you remember this or not, but I preached that message on a Mother's Day about what happens when a child dies. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just wanted that firmly established in the hearts and the minds of our people. I've preached that many times at at uh, funerals. And let me just say boldly, I believe that every single child you know that's a a young child, and I don't have an age, you know, there's not a magical age that I want to list with that, but I believe that every child that that dies um, uh, goes to be with the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. Christ in heaven infants, young children, um, that they go to be with the Lord Jesus Christ, and I share that with those families, unhesitating, unapologetic, and and like you said, it's one of the first things they hear out of my mouth is that
1: your child is with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And you, I think you used to hand out a, a book by John MacArthur on that mm-hmm. too, didn't you, I, I think? Yeah, and uh,
0: th- th- there there is one by him, and then there's uh, another one, and Brother... <laughs> Forgive me. Again, we're on staff plan it's retreat. Late. <laughs> we're, we don't have our library with us, but um, I think it's entitled um, I Will Hold You in My Arms or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. I'll have to look that title up. Um, but it, it has to do with this doctrine. Uh, and I tell you, Al Mohler has a great, 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 um, some great teaching on this. He helped me a lot mm. years ago. Um, you know, the old straw man on that Calvinism. people yeah, yep. that people set up about Calvinists believe that children go to hell. I have never met hmm. one right Calvinist mm-hmm. that believes that right Not one. And Al Moler does a great job hmm. of debunking that and teaching what the scripture teaches about children and he uses a lot of text from the old and the New Testament, to substantiate that truth um, I wish I had the title of the sermon but you can look that up uh, under Al Mohler's name and I'm sure find it pretty easily but he does a great job of establishing that truth
1: just another quick question this is a little bit off 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 base but uh, when a young pastor comes into a church uh, he he's quickly gonna have to start preaching well like Brock and, Kilburn yes Brock went
0: to the church that we recommended him to, and what, within the first week? I think it was two weeks.
1: The first two weeks, he'd already preached a couple of funerals. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How, how, How much would you say then that pastor needs to kind of get to know the guys that work at the funeral home, just to start to build a relationship at bare minimum with them? Well, you know, it's going to happen naturally. I yeah. mean, you know, it's you don't just, force it.
0: Yeah, it's it, and and um, those people really earn their keep, brother. They, yeah. they they do a great job. Most of them are very yeah. compassionate. Mm-hmm. Most of them are very professional, and uh, I've grown to love uh, the people in our area. I do too. They're they're sweet people. Yeah. I think they genuinely care, mm-hmm. and um, and so that is an important thing, mm-hmm. and to work well with them. And they can really help you, yeah, uh, they can really help you out to kind of um I've had some funeral directors to be honest with you warn me and say, this family right here can be difficult, you better be careful, you know that's that helpful helped, yeah, that
1: have given me some heads up you mm-hmm. know before and and helped me to understand those things well, that's good, yeah, well, thank you for this. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know a lot of young younger pastors you know getting into the ministry, hopefully they can benefit from some of this wisdom. Do you think there's any closing thoughts uh, before we wrap it up on funerals?
0: This is just good stuff, Mm -hmm. brother Joe. I I hope it stimulates people asking us questions, reaching out to us. Mm -hmm. Um, There's obviously things we haven't covered tonight. I know we're both tired. We've had a, you know, a drive down here and we didn't
1: operate off of notes tonight. (laughs) We have nothing
0: in front of us except uh, kick back into a leather chair. Miss
1: Monetta's carpet here. (laughs) That's right.
0: I I guess I would just say, you know, that man, love your people. Yeah. Um, Rejoice with them when they rejoice. Mm. Weep with them when they weep. The one thing I would say to the young pastor is don't look at your people as commodities don't look at your people as a means to an end mm-hmm. man look at them as people for whom christ died yeah and they're his elect and he loves them and i when you're a young pastor you don't always you don't have sometimes you might feel guilty i just don't have that deep love in my heart well pray and ask for it amen ask ask for god to give you that kind of love mm. for your people Pray for compassion. Mm. Pray for mercy. Um, you know, when you asked me about this elderly lady a, a moment ago, and I know who you're talking about—that her husband died, and you know she needed somebody to give her some financial counsel and some financial wisdom. You know, when I looked at her, you know what I saw? I saw my mom. Mm-hmm. Mm. I saw my mom. Mm-hmm. And the thought that I told Kayla when I got home, I said, "What I said to her." Was what I would have said to my mom. Mm-hmm. What I would have wanted somebody to say to my mom. Yeah, and I take it that personal. It should be that you know I love this lady, mm-hmm. and I want to protect her from wolves. Yes, you know there's a lot of people out there that prey on elderly. That's people, right. That take advantage of them in times of bereavement mm-hmm. and sorrow, mm-hmm. and I wanted to kind of wolf-proof her Amen. a little bit, and and warn her about some things, you mm-hmm. know, and. And that completely comes from a heart of love. So I just say, Pastor, it's it's always appropriate to love your people. Mm-hmm. It's always appropriate to be merciful to your people. It's always appropriate to be kind. And
1: it's always appropriate to speak the truth in love. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks again for that. And we appreciate it. And uh, maybe the next time we get together, we can start to talk about something a little lighter, and that's weddings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh, so maybe that'll be our next one. For all of our listeners out there, we want to thank you guys so much for your support and your listening and your feedback. Uh, I do ask that if you do want to give us some feedback as well, uh, not only by way of emails, but you can also go on to our website. And under the resources page, you can go under the podcast tab and right down at the bottom, there's a little block that says feedback. And if you'll click on that, it'll open up a section where you can send us some feedback and we would just love to hear from you. Uh, Even testimonials about how maybe uh, this podcast has been a blessing to you. And by the way, we hear those often and it's a blessing to our hearts. We had a couple come into the church yesterday that they're members of a solid biblical church down in, uh, Alabama, by the way, they drive an hour to get there every Mm day. Uh, it's grace life church of the shoals. And, uh, but they just told us that the he's listened to every podcast and what a blessing it's been to him and his family. And we appreciate that. That's a blessing to us. And, uh, we thank you for that. So if you would just please give us a couple of lines, let us know how it's been a blessing to you. And, uh, If you've got any specific questions for me or anything that you'd like for us to be able to help you out with, my email address is brojo at smbconline.com. And we love you very much. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to The Faithful Expositor. For more information on Brother O's ministry, go to our church website, smbconline.com, and follow him on Twitter at John Sims.